I feel like there's something else I want to say before we start. I'm sure there is. (laughs) 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 All right, let's do this. Hello and welcome to the Sprocket Podcast, where we are simplifying the good life. My name is Brock Dennis. And I'm Aaron Flores, broadcasting from the People's Republic of Portland. Where? The People's Republic of Portland, nestled in the heart of Cascadia. We are the show that brings you somewhat irreverent conversations about the intricacies of thinking locally with a global perspective and enjoying the best that life has to offer along the way, such as these. Tasty beverages. From the beer mongers at Southeast Division and 12th. Who I guess we have to mention now in just a minute. <laughs> well, I don't know. You opened the can, so it was like sort of like rope memory. I had to I had to say it. This is the beer mongers show anyways. <laughs> I mean, we might as well. Welcome to the beer mongers show where we're simplifying the good life. At Southeast Division and 12th. <laughs> what are we covering on this show? Today, oh, well, normally we cover bicycling, trains, and transit. Um... Adventures. Adventures and life hacks. Life hacks. <laughs> and today, another bicycle podcast. There are other bicycle podcasts? There are. There are many. Holy shit. And if you don't listen to just one bicycle podcast, which would be ours because you're listening to it right now. It's the only one. You should also listen to... Oh, no, wait. <laughs> the Joyride Podcast. The Joyride Podcast. That's right. Uh, we're here with Kat Caparello from the Joyride Podcast. Hi, Kat. How are you? Hey, how's it going? It's going good. Thank you for being here tonight. Thanks for having me, guys. We're excited about it. No uh, you... more excited than I am. Oh, come on. <laughs> no, come on. <laughs> for real. Thanks, beer mongers. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, you have a fantastic show. We were just talking about its merits earlier, uh, but you focus specifically on people who aren't white dudes. And how that relates to bicycling <laughs> right. and adventures on a bike and that sort of thing. Right. Uh, yeah. People doing cool things. And we were, I, I mentioned a lot how it's really easy to find white dudes who like to talk about bikes. Uh, but uh, speaking of uh, women and uh, people of color, and uh, yeah, it, it's good to have other voices in the conversation. And you're doing an excellent job of finding these voices and bringing them to the forefront so thank you thank you i appreciate that yeah uh so thanks for joining the show we're going to talk about all things joyride and all things uh girl eats bike.com girl eats bike.com i can just yeah. a little bit so uh in the meantime enjoy that tasty beverage for the beer mongers <laughs> which one is that by the way uh the sweet jane ipa from double mountain how is that it is super hoppy but it's also delicious nice nice because we uh you would mention you like the vaporizer and we tried as we may tried as we might could not find the vaporizer at beer mongers tonight so this is uh, it's got a, a fantastic cover art it's, it looks like cover art like an album I yeah guess it's, it's super andy warhol yeah 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 a number of hop oh, cones sweet jane yeah it's a velvet underground there song. We oh go. it is yeah oh the yeah big plastic inevitable there we go. Yeah. I think there's a larger plan at work here because the beer mongers is in that building that has a mural of an enormous banana. Oh my gosh, true. you're right. Which is not the Warhol banana, but it's uh, it's close. Well, I thought it was like a, a redo or maybe so in homage to the to the Warhol banana. I just every time I see a banana at this point, <laughs> it's you know, the Warhol any banana, banana you see this in this this point in time has been grown since Andy Warhol. <laughs> So I just assume that all of those bananas true, yes. are being grown in tribute to him. 
can only assume. Art fills the void. I think that's the that's, yeah, right. that's what's on the murals. Yes. Yeah. I'm yeah. a marketer's dream, trust me. Where where is that mural again? <laughs> At Southeast Division in twelve. That's right, right next to the beer monger where you can get a tasty beverage. <laughs> so yes. Uh they're kind enough to to bring us. I, what, I'm just gonna do the spot now since we're here. Um I, I wrote on my wrist. I, we've been doing the spot, I thought, for the Yo, past, like, ten minutes here. What? <laughs> this is all natural conversation. Oh, We're just right, talking yes. about the things we normally would talk about. I, I wrote on my wrist uh, right before the show started, 420, which, in retrospect, is inadvisable. <laughs> with, I, your, with your PPS jersey I on? I do not and cannot smoke <laughs> marijuana, but... The thing is, you don't have to smoke marijuana to go to the beer mongers on April 20th and enjoy dank beers and smoked food. Ooh. Uh, they're going to do that, just that kind of like they cool. did for uh, uh, St. Patrick's Day, where they had something I called ham, but it was not. It was corned beef, uh, which I corned felt bad about after. Yes. yes. But, yes, Irish food for St. Patrick's Day. And they had, uh, what was it, Omara's, which was like a, not a knockoff, a better version of Guinness. Ah. I think. Depending on how you feel about that. <laughs> so we're also in the room here with Philip Gailbach, who is my brother-in-law. It's good to see you, Phil. Hey, how's it going, Brock? Not bad. You've been here for almost a week now? Just about a week. Right. Uh, how do you feel about Guinness? Because I don't want to alienate you or anybody else who might like Guinness. Might be my go-to stout. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You are a fan. A big fan of Guinness. Nice. That's cool. Kat, how do you feel about Guinness? I feel in comparison to the other amazing porters and stouts that are available, it seems to lack the carbonation that I've come to expect mm-hmm. from a darker beverage. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, it's, not, it's not punchy with the carbonation, that's for sure. It's true. Uh, usually the bubbles are smaller. Like a, if it's not on nitro on the cask, they've got that little thing that rattles around the can that tries to approximate... <laughs> <laughs> nitro carbonation yeah, or something. Yeah, I had two of those on Sunday, and I was like, these are tasty, but they just, they they feel flat. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, but they're the d- delicious beverage. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I feel like it's the, in some ways, the official beverage of Boston. Yeah, I'd say <laughs> so. I mean, it's the beverage I probably drink the most in Boston, <laughs> but I hadn't, hadn't been out here and tried all the breweries out here before. Right. Well, I, I don't think Guinness tastes any better here than it does in Boston, which might tip my hand to how I feel about it. But I'm also I'm not a huge fan of Guinness. But I'm also you know I'm also not a fan of Irish stout in general. I think I need a bit more punch in the flavor. Aaron, how do you feel about Guinness? Um, it's my favorite stout. <laughs> when, <laughs> when was the last time you had one? <laughs> I, I can't even remember. <laughs> Have you ever had it baked into anything else, like like brownies um, or? No. Okay. Uh, oh, I did have someone prepared a chicken with a Guinness gravy. Not oh. like the standard, like, dancing Guinness chicken like everybody else makes. But dancing he, Guinness? He did, yeah. You, uh, like, stick a can of Guinness in the cavity of the chicken, and then you stand it up. Which makes it dance. And, and yeah, like, okay. so as it cooks... You know, the Guinness evaporates and then causes the right. chicken to dance. Okay. <laughs> you haven't had chicken for a while either, right? Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> probably probably only slightly less longer than I've ever had a stout. <laughs> right. Because famously, you don't eat meat or drink Correct. alcohol. So, yes, yes uh, it, it would have been a long time. But someone made a gravy using using Guinness and, and, and chicken. Yeah. What's your rule? Like, if uh, does it have to be well-cooked? for you to do that or would you would you eat like a wine sauce mean? that wasn't oh, super well like cooked with, or with alcohol in a thing yeah well so i used to really not care at all if uh-huh. alcohol was was baked into something uh-huh. um and i still don't okay but there isn't 
there isn't like any baking that is going to completely cook off any alcohol. Like it's still there. Yeah, kinda. it doesn't. It doesn't get hot enough. Okay, so I that. should not take it to work. <laughs> Probably not. Okay. I mean, you also you also like aren't consuming it in the same way that you're like going to consume, you know, well, a pint of Guinness. Indeed, for example. Mm-hmm. Not at you the know. same rate. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. In the in the same volume, or it's or a good thing I brought fashion, these ten so. beer can chickens with me. Right, exactly. Because <laughs> we're getting we're getting this party started. <laughs> That's like when I was camping last uh, September. I was doing sober September, and so right. I drank non-alcoholic beer, and I tried to figure out exactly how and then much you had alcohol. A rum cake? Yes. <laughs> no, I, I had no rum cake, but non-alcoholic beer is like point five percent by volume. Right, and so that meant with six Less of them, than some kombuchas. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I think we determined that I had still, after drinking six non-alcoholic beers, and boy, was that a crazy night, uh, <laughs> I had I had consumed uh, still less than the content of one beer. So I'm not sure if that's cheating or not. Well, and the idea is like you consume it um, at a slower rate than your body is going to be able to process it anyways. Right. It was all so metabolized out. Yeah. You can't accumulate enough to like even get a buzz on. Indeed. And I did not. <laughs> As hard as I tried, I did not. It was good. That was the night I met EJ. Oh, EJ Finneran. Yeah, our listener oh. and donor. Thanks, EJ. But uh, he was there. He saw me. He witnessed the, uh, the debauchery that followed the six non-alcoholic beers. Much uh, debauchery ensued, I'm sure. That's right, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, anything new to report? Um, no. Still getting used to, to life as a... As a non-vacationed citizen, as a mainlander, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Welcome back from Hawaii. Yeah, it. I I miss it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I miss eighty degrees. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I do have something new to report. What's that? I am going to be in a new domicile come June. Oh, yes. Like Denver? Uh, no, no, no. I'll still be in Portland. Okay, I, I ain't never leaving this. Town. <laughs> okay, you mean you're moving homes? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, Anna and I are are finding a place together. There we or go. Have found a place together. Big move. We will we will be Montevillains. Are you going to record like? Uh, is this going to be like Big Brother, where you have podcasting mics hung in the corners of the house? I mean, not that she knows of. But okay. Yeah. But we have her consent <laughs> some strange way. Um, it's a single party consent state, right? Right. Which I hear has more to do with telephones than anything else. Oh, right. There's going to be cell phones in every corner of the house. <laughs> <laughs> that you know are there's recording. all this unused phone cable that's that's just, all over the house i'm I just gonna leave it. all these phones <laughs> off the hook and record what it whatever it takes i think that would be an invasion of privacy i don't think that would be a good uh a good I, reality and podcast. i i respect my lady way too much to ever do anything remotely like that i'm glad this that's is the all case. jokes for entertainment purposes yes only. in no way would we recommend that anyone <laughs> and your horoscope is yes <laughs> anyway that's also yeah. Well, you know, because that's also uh, underneath or or a disclaimer for all horoscopes as well. This is for entertainment purposes. Oh, right, only. not for yes. investment purposes. Yes. Is that how horoscopes work? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh, well, I went uh, I went camping this weekend. Oh yeah. Um, Phil is in town and was kind enough to obtain a car, and we used the peer to peer car rental server. You used it. Yeah, Turo. Yeah, Turo, which is great. Used to be oh, relay this is rides. A new... Oh, okay. Yeah, but uh, if you yourself do not have a vehicle, you can you can get one. Uh, it's like the Airbnb of cars. So uh, we went out to Horse Thief Butte and Horse Thief Lake and camped out there overnight. Um, but we we climbed a lot of hills while we were out there. A lot of hills, Dog Mountain, 
Dog Mountain, and then I forget what the the Cherry Orchard hike is called. It's it's on some hill outside of Lyle, Washington. They need to rename that the Cherry Mountain Hike <laughs> because it would be a lot easier. We tried really hard to find that supposed Cherry Orchard. I mean, I know it's been a while since it's been a Cherry Orchard, but it was not evident where where it was. And there were a bunch of oak trees around that I was convincing myself were cherry trees, but they're not. <laughs> so There's a pretty big difference. Nonetheless, the views are fantastic, spectacular. It's a good time of year to be out by the Dalles, uh, which if you remember from the Oregon Trail game is where you can uh, float your wagon down river. Oh, right. Instead of going over the Barlow Road, um, which I was never able to do successfully in the video game. Oh, really? Or you never really. sailed you're, it you're down oxen, the river? Your oxen and your, and your uh, wagon float away. You have died of dysentery, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, the Dalles is generally kind of brown and, and covered in sticks. Uh, it's it's the drier part of the state. And uh, in the summertime and in the fall, it's uh, it's pretty brown. But right now in the spring, there's a bunch of little green shoots of grass coming up. And so, like, all the hills look kind of velvety green, which is great. Um, so it was a good place to be, especially this last weekend. It was kind of approaching the weekend. It was kind of wet. And there were a couple of rain showers. It wasn't like a deluge here in Portland, but it was a good time to get away and just kind of read some dry air. Uh, I enjoyed that. So, um, yeah, but, uh, Phil, what was your assessment of, uh, Oregon hikes and hills? Pretty overwhelming. It's, yeah. it's awesome. Good. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me a little sad to leave. I'm, I'm sorry. You can't stay longer. Yeah. However, you are staying in our, our little closet. So I'm sure you could do that for a week, but not for a month. There's pros and cons of that. I pros suppose. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was going to ask you a little bit about, uh, since you're from Boston, uh, I go to Boston every every winter, but uh, I don't see it four seasons. You do. Um, you've become fairly inventive because we know there's uh, there's a bike share system there called Hubway. Uh, is there car sharing? Uh, there's Turo, but are there other car sharing options in Boston? We don't have gar- car to go. Okay. Yeah, so we don't have that kind of option. Right. Um, yeah, so not that I've seen. Okay. Zipcar, I guess. Zipcar is there. That's the, right. Yeah. And the choice. Zipcar. Zipcar is still here, I guess. Yes. They are. I don't think yes. about it much no, anymore. No. You see them every now and then. <laughs> right, right. There's still an option from time to time. Uh, but, yes, you can You can do uh, a – I guess that's not a peer-to-peer. That's just a company with a bunch of cars. Yeah, that's where, that's where the appeal stops, I guess. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then there's transit, which uh, – the MBTA, the Massachusetts Bay Transportation Authority. Nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> well, colloquially known as the T. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's big business out there. They've got uh, – you take commuter rail most like or most often to work? Yeah, I have two options. You can either take the subway in or the commuter rail. Okay. Um, this is a real world-class city in which they have both a subway and a commuter rail. <laughs> Knock on wood. It's, <laughs> it's not doing too well. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, no. Uh, yeah, but uh, what uh, what have you found as far as because you own a car in Boston, uh, it's it's been useful to you, but you also don't use it as much as the average car owner. So uh, what, how, how do you make your choice about how you get where and when? Yeah, I mean, I've been lucky to be able to take the train into work. I think Boston is notoriously bad for traffic, so mm-hmm. having a car doesn't help you mm-hmm. during the week. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I think the interesting thing about boston is just you have to decide based on where you're going how you're going to get there like what transportation it's never going to be oh let's just take the t because it only goes into downtown it doesn't always hit your areas so 
typically what I find myself doing is just getting to the closest stop, finding out where a hubway stop is, and then using the bike share to connect oh, yeah. to get to the final destination. And on the hubway system, you get if you have a membership, you get 30 free minutes, right? 30 minutes. So sometimes you really have to <laughs> use that strategically. You're right, right. And I remember talking to uh, other folks I know in Boston about uh, like piggybacking, like you know, riding from dock to dock and being able to leverage your time by uh, by docking one bike and then oh. picking up another. And then you get another 30 riding for minutes. another 33 minutes, ah. yeah, or 27 or whatever. But uh, yeah. And we, we did that when we went around Boston this winter with Adele and some of my other sisters. So we had seven of us on hubways, and we'd have to dock every 30 minutes and then get a new set of bikes and go out again. That's right, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was interested in going on that ride, but I was also nervous about going out with seven people who, well, you had used it before. But uh, it was six other people who had not done it before, and I wasn't sure I was ready for that. And hadn't really ridden bicycles too much before either. Sure, so. right? Not not as much as you or I. So yeah, it yeah. was interesting. Uh-huh. But we all we all survived. You survived, and you didn't have to pay for more than uh, more than the day pass, right? Yeah, it was free. There we go. <laughs> Works out all right. Yeah, very good. Um, well, thank you for uh, joining us in the studio tonight. It's uh, it's good to have you around. Yeah, it's awesome to be in an airstream. Never even yes. been in one of these before. This, yes, that's right. This is our 1967 airstream, which is uh, Stream PDX, which is hosted generously by Open Signal here in Portland, Oregon. That how, was a good plug. How was that? Yeah, <laughs> that's perfect. That's <laughs> well, let's turn to you, Kat. How how are you today? Hey, I'm good. Excellent. Yeah, uh, it's so gorgeous out right now. It really is. This yeah. is the kind of day that I've been waiting for for months. Yeah, yeah you like, can finally. It's like blue skies, but just a little cool and. Mm -hmm. it's on the horizon right right it's still uh, you can still wear some layers yeah but you're not too cold and you're not too warm (laughs) so true yeah uh well first of all tell us a little bit about girl eats bike because this is the the website that started it all for you yeah as far as uh some pretty significant changes and uh and now your burgeoning podcasting empire yeah for sure so i started girl eats bike um i think six years ago now I think two, it was like January 2011, and it was um, really meant to be a public journal in my weight loss experience. Mm-hmm. So when I was in my early 20s, um, I weighed over 300 pounds. I don't know exactly where that number is because there's a certain point where your scale says stop. <laughs> don't get on me anymore. Uh-huh. And so I don't know exactly where that number was. Um through just a series of like slow changes, lifestyle changes, um, lost probably about like 40 pounds on my own and then got my first bike, which was a mountain bike, like a boy's sized mountain bike that was like from a department store that was so ridiculous. It was like a circus bear on this bike. Okay. And, um, use that like to help me, let's see. To help really like take me the rest of the way, I started to like understand the the differences in how my body felt when I was on a bike, and um, understood started to understand like how being active felt and how food is fuel. Um, so I started Girl Eats Bike probably about a year after I got that ridiculously under or a couple years after I got that ridiculously undersized mountain bike, and. Um, <laughs> oh, forget another news. Aaron Flores now has a cell phone. <laughs> oh, that's right. More, more on that later. Talk about that later. So, 
so I started Girl Eats Bike, like really it was just as like a, a public journal of this weight loss process. And it was just a place, I'm a writer and it was a place for me to develop my voice and kind of be held accountable. And I was doing this like, I would like weigh in every week after spin class. And um, it's interesting to talk about it now because it feels like so much a part of my history that it doesn't, it's still relevant because it's been an amazing piece of this journey, but it's just not how I think of myself anymore, um, which is probably the most amazing piece about it. But so it was this journaling process. Um, and then it started to shift to, you know, I would take longer and longer rides. It was less important for me to talk about weight loss because I was getting to a place where I was just feeling really comfortable with where I was at and the number didn't matter anymore. And also like, I didn't want to be a nutritionist or a dietitian or something. So when you're producing content at that level, it's like, okay, I'm not producing that kind of content. So what am I doing? So it started shifting to really, um, just about bikes, um, and about how it's where girl eats bike kind of came from was this notion that what I put in is also equivalent to what I get out on this equation, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so that was where that went. And after five years or more, I guess, um, I decided to transition the type of content that I was producing because it just wasn't as interesting to me to talk about like weight loss, um, for a bunch of reasons. And also I didn't want women, I wouldn't like talk to my friends and, uh, about like how amazing something was on the bike. And there was always this idea of like, well, I can't get to that yet because like, I'm not fit enough for this because, and I didn't want it to be like, oh, you have to be fit in order to ride a bike. This is a tool. This is, and it doesn't even have to be a tool if you don't want it to be. Sure. Like it's that's just, the through line to the story that you're like, that's the one piece that you're holding. Like, uh, once you stop talking about weight loss as much, uh, you did want to keep the idea that like, that you don't have to, you don't have to be somebody before you can get yeah. back and ride it. Like the bike is, is its, its own thing. And that was like, ultimately I think where, uh, well, like where the concept for the joy ride started was, um, like so many of other women who, um, I've had the pleasure to interview, they didn't see pictures of themselves in the media, in like the bikey media. It's like all slim, lycra clad, usually white dudes, often white women. Um, but there is this, like, you have to be a size six or something in order to enjoy riding a bicycle. And that's just obviously not true. Um, so it became important for me to start producing media that reflected the community around me. Yeah. You had a responsibility to kind of change some of the imaging. uh, And and for sure. And as a writer, um, I'm in my head a lot and it was really important for me to start doing a verbal exercise. So this is, was like, that's the, where the podcast sort of came from. For sure. I am curious. You had mentioned that, that you wanted to start writing about weight loss to kind of do this in public, to have like some life change in public. What, uh, how did you feel about that? Was it scary or challenging going in or were you really excited about kind of sharing this journey with people well i mean nobody was reading at first you know it's like your family uh, like nobody's like podcast nobody's really right like when you first start something like you don't really have an audience yet for the yeah. most part right. um so it was scary it, it was scary um it's true it was scary because i had to like own up to whether or not i was up and down at the end of the week you know or and then be real about it um but there was a lot of power in that too. There was a lot of power in like just owning whatever that process was, owning wherever I screwed up during the week, owning how 
hard it is to like live in a corporate office in suburban nowhere so where you have to drive a car um where they kind of like placate you in this office by like giving you crappy food and there like i have i had a There's series always of, something to celebrate in the office i mean it's there cinnamon is. bun tuesday yeah like um, i spent a lot of time in customer service yeah. lots of years in customer service and there was this customer service week i'll never forget it it was probably like the most content I've, i ever like put out in one week <laughs> we had like a contest where you can like I don't know, ice cupcakes and stuff like that. And I'm like, how do you do this? How do people, how do people who are in this process, because it's a, it's a, a journey. If, if you've got like a hundred pounds or more to lose, it is a hard thing and you can't look at that big number. So how do you look at it incrementally? Like, this is what I'm going to do today. Yeah. This is how I handle myself today. Yeah, and to do it in a healthy way because I think there, there are many unhealthy ways to try to totally. lose weight, you know, whether that's uh, by not eating anything or by eating and purging or by like any other, any number of ways in which this could be an unhealthy process where you get the results you want, but not the life you right. want. Um, but it seems like you kind of honed in and found a way to, uh, again, where it wasn't even about the weight loss by the time you got into it. Like this, this biking thing is pretty cool in and of itself. Yeah. It so. was about, um, autonomy and, and autonomy in general, but like autonomy and transportation. And I'm a, I'm a big map nerd. And so I, I played with Livestrong Loops. This is back when, before before we knew the <laughs> god-awful truth. Before hashtag Dopra, still the best hashtag ever. Dopra. Dopra. I, never, I wasn't paying enough attention to know that. Oh. That's awesome. Yeah, well, I want to look this that's, up. That's a thing. So, yeah, so it was this process. I was using Livestrong Loops, and I would be like, okay, well, how... How long is five miles? Uh-huh. Okay. If I want to go to, I was in central New Jersey. If I want to go to Washington Crossing State Park, how far away is that? And so I'd like play with these Livestrong loops to like just keep incrementally extending the mileage on it. Okay. And that was, that was like where this ridiculous, I, I don't want to say addiction, but it's where this really started for me in terms of, it was the first time that I bonked. It was the first time that I was like, oh, I have to really take care of myself. Tell us about your first bonk. No. It was so <laughs> bad. I mean, there's not even much to tell. It was just like, um, I just didn't, I couldn't go any further. Okay. You know, it was just one of those things. It was, I was alone. Um, I didn't, I wasn't in any kind of like trouble or anything like that. But I was like, oh, right. There is definitely a connection right. here. Uh, so you, you realized you had a calorie deficit and that there was no good yeah. way to fix that before yeah. you felt terrible. Yeah, for sure. Um, what did you feel? It just, I mean, just empty. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It was a long time ago. <laughs> empty I, inside. One of the best things, one of the, my favorite things about um, riding a bike and especially about commuting is that I get to eat a lot of food. <laughs> and right. I don't say that in like a, <laughs> in like a way of like where it's, where it's like gluttony, but it's like, oh, I don't feel like for someone who's, who's dealt with this for uh, more than half of my life, um, it's just not something that you tend to feel super good about. And so I'm like, oh, I, I am working my ass off and I can definitely enjoy this and I don't have to feel bad about it. Right, right. There's, yeah. there's uh, well, I won't say there's no guilt, but there's less guilt involved yeah, depending I mean, on what you're enjoying. Depending on what you're putting in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For me, that's like five beers when I, when I would usually have two <laughs> and I'm like, it's okay. I burned the calories. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but, that's, yeah. but you also can't eat food it's and, ride your, yeah. and ride your bike on five beers, you know? That's so correct. like all these things. <laughs> The math just doesn't end up working out on that, ultimately. Right, 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 yeah. And so, again, the right thing at the right time. Hey, do you need a bottle opener? I do. Uh, what are you opening there? 
I am opening the Portland Ginger Brew handcrafted ginger beer. It's a good it's a good one. By the good people at Lionheart. That's Kampuchin. right. Yeah, they do a good thing. They don't even sponsor us necessarily, but uh but we love them. Not directly. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, indirectly. I should I should be opening a Rainbow Mountain kombucha, but I still haven't got my ass over there to pick them up. Eventually we will. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Soon, soon Ben. Right. Uh, so, Kat, tell tell me a little bit more about the imaging thing because, uh, like like we were talking about, you've been doing a lot to bring some less heard voices to the fore. Uh, but but what what is the imaging problem you think with with bicycling? You, you hinted a little bit at it that you have to look a certain way. Yeah. Well, I mean, it everything kind of comes down to marketing, right? Like it's what images sell things. Right. So, um, I think that it's just really obvious. <laughs> why marketers choose the images they choose the images that they do uh, but i think it as this community um i want to say as it's grown but it, i have a perspective on it that's only like a kind of a year and a half deep in some ways because i've only looked at it from this particular angle for a short period of time so i don't want to suggest that um other people non-white Dudes, I don't know. I don't want to suggest that other people weren't riding. So I'm, I'm hedging on using as this community has grown because uh, maybe it's just as my perspective has widened on it. Um, yeah, it just seems like uh, it would make a lot of sense for marketers to pay attention to who's actually buying their products. Sure. Um, it's just like business 101, right? Yeah. Um, so, and as um, a heavier woman, as a woman who's gender nonconforming, uh, there just aren't a lot of images uh, out there. That doesn't mean that we don't ride bikes. It doesn't mean that we're we don't um, <laughs> we aren't valuable or that um, cycling isn't valuable to us. Um, so I think one of the really cool things about how media has shifted is it's allowed for a lot of democratization. Like we can bring whoever we are to this thing now. Like you guys are doing this thing and and. Um, Anybody can create the media that they want that can be problematic sometimes, perhaps. <laughs> but, well, right, that means that conflicting points of it view means that can exist. Yeah. Right, yeah. I mean, but conflicting points of view kind of always exist. Right, but, um, right. But this is just about, I don't know, it's just about e- exposing um, communities of women who are doing really cool stuff. I What I really wanted to do, it, it wasn't just about presenting images that reflect the community but it was also about sharing lots of stories sharing lots of stories so that we could see where the commonality overlaps because if you don't have a community of riders around you you may think that whatever your stumbling block is you're the only person who's experiencing that mm-hmm. you're the only person who hates climbing right i hate hills Not or a what, <laughs> whatever these things are and um and so what i really wanted to do is just share lots and lots of stories from lots of diverse women who ride bikes in all different kinds of ways because there's so much commonality and overlap in in all of that and i wanted it to help encourage more women to ride bikes yeah and it i, I mean stories are compelling i think because the biggest problem and I hope no one thinks I'm shitting on other podcasts because I'm not. But there are a couple. All of sh- other podcasts are terrible. <laughs> That's right. No, the, there are a couple of shows out there. Like when you search for bike podcasts, the first things that come up are dudes talking about like you know 
two and a half hours power of content about yeah exactly yeah. how much power they got and how far they rode but nothing about like who they saw or where they were or what the scenery was like you know it's all about all about performance baby um <laughs> and it's not necessarily about like there's there's nothing compelling there there's no through line there's no beginning no conflict no end of story um and that's the sort of thing I think that people need to hear because that's how you promote the thing that you like and the thing you want other people to be excited about. You yeah. tell them a story. Yeah, I mean, storytelling sells. But, yeah. you know, people who make their media, they're making it for whatever reasons they want. They want to talk about power meters for two hours. Awesome. <laughs> well, and, How about uh, it? Apparently there is an audience for that. But do you know, do you know what I mean, though? Like, And that's okay. Well, and I think um, that's, that's one of the beauties of, of podcasting in general is yeah. like, you may have a voice or an audience of like only eight people, but like that's your niche. But those are eight yeah, people who those care are eight deeply. People who, who like now maybe <laughs> maybe realize that they're not alone, right. in in the world, or or that their viewpoint isn't isn't so weird. As you like Star Wars, Beanie Babies too, right? Yeah. Exactly. You know, and it, and I think it goes back to the whole like um, I don't know, not conforming to sort of what the the marketing uh, machine wants the the stereotypical bikey person to be right um and like with your podcast it, it shows like hey you're not alone you don't have to be the spandex clad yeah. or whatever and i think i don't know I, I may be pontificating too much but i think when you when you find yourself alone there's also what goes along with it is sort of this pressure of like well now i do have to conform to these these sort of what is normative bikey behavior or appearance or you just don't or you don't engage with that thing at all right right you know like if i'd if i'd waited to feel comfortable in lycra in order to be able to ride a bike like <laughs> come on that's so backward it doesn't even make any sense right. did you but did you ever feel like any i don't know like sense of of pressure or or sense of like i need to i need to get to this point to yeah i mean uh, I don't know. I guess that's like kind of a trick question for me because yeah. I sort of am always, I'm, I'm always, <laughs> always looking. Always a bit non I'm always a bit, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm always sort of like, like looking out a little bit further mm -hmm. than perhaps I should. Um, yeah. I don't remember where we were going with that. Sorry, guys. <laughs> well, what, what do you a like total to wear ADD. when you ride? Uh, this? Yeah. No, I You've mean. you got I, a plaid shirt? I've got a plaid shirt. No, I'm in like bike commute clothes Jeez. right now. Jeans yeah. on a bike. Yeah. I, I definitely do the ride into downtown from St. John's. So I don't do like jeans because 15 miles in jeans and then working in them all day. That doesn't make any sense to right. me. Right. Yeah. Who does right. that? Yeah. That's probably lots of people. <laughs> and that's okay if you do. Just that guy over there. <laughs> it's just not for me. You know? Um, yeah. I don't know. Like I've been doing mostly commuting, unfortunately, for the yeah. – for, a long time it's been a long winter but well, it um, has. i feel like i wear lots of clothes um right now but yeah um i don't know yeah shorts and whatever whatever on top that will maybe not be cotton and uh, you know uncomfortable for a long period of time totally yeah the clothing thing is is such a stumbling block well Good. it can be for for a lot of people especially if you've got like a hundred percent cotton wardrobe you know and it's it's easy to say, oh, you should go out and ride a bike, but it's also uh, it's it's really prohibitive if someone doesn't own any clothing that's not wicking in some way. Yeah, you know, and you're like, oh, go out and ride a bike; it's fun. They go out and they ride a bike. They're like, it sucks. I was wet the whole time. Yeah, and, this is terrible. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, there's a lot to that. Yeah, so that's maybe part of the imaging, right? Is is being able to to say, hey, uh, you can do this. Uh, here are some interesting clothes that 
that don't have to be, uh, they're not, you know, doper clothes. Right. Did I just make a... <laughs> doper clothes. I feel like... <laughs> that that might have been a blanket statement there, but... I'm not saying anything about anything. <laughs> I just want everybody to know. Uh, and Lance was definitely the best doper. We know oh, yeah. this. But uh, I digress. So uh, <laughs> what I wanted to ask you about was the idea of uh, you're getting other people together. I know you've got uh, uh, some events that you've referenced, and uh, uh, do you lead the, the camp out? So... This so at the end of June, um, I'm gonna be hosting um, like a beginner bike overnight with Women Bike with um, the Street Trust, formerly BTA. Um, really excited about that. That'll be like solstice weekend, so the last weekend of June. Any World Naked Bike Ride people will will be bike riding naked and not on this camp out with us but um there are they welcome to ride naked with you or well that seems like a something i should clear with the street trust okay, first right <laughs> now right uh, <laughs> well let's let's not talk about that um but yeah so i'm i'm gonna be uh i'll be doing that this this june i'm pretty excited about it that's pretty cool because yeah. i i find that uh, introducing people to bicycle camping is one way to break them out of the like you know bikes are just this because uh people who go bike camping Kind of do it in whatever style works best for them. Uh, it's a very it's a very diverse way to bicycle, I think, because you know everyone has a different tent or a different sort of sleeping mechanism. Some people have uh, fancy gear. Some people have like you know an old blanket, um, and it all works. Like it, people do find what works for them and go camping. So it's kind of exciting. I co-hosted that um, last year. We did we did one in March, which is early to go. Yes. It's very early. We it was, it's a different story, um, but yeah, I thought what was really cool about that was, um, and everybody who everybody who's on this ride rode bicycles in some way, or they've been camping. But most of the women on this ride was their first time doing both of those things together. So it was really cool uh, to watch people talk about their different setups and how they had whatever gear attached to their bike and yeah. what kind of tents they had and and all that kind of stuff. I, totally. I love that. I just love like iterations on gear. Total nerd. And it's one of the easier ways I think for people to discover something new about bicycling. It's it's uh it's not all that difficult, especially in this town. There are a lot of great destinations. Yeah. Did you say Stubb Stewart is the place you're yeah, going? Yeah, Stubb's, Stubb's going to be where we go. For one of this my one. favorite destinations. It's, it's so easy. That and McIver, have you been to McIver? I have not ridden down to McIver yet. Oh, that, sorry, that was on your last show. I just remember you yeah. guys talked about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that uh, McIver has a great like uh, uh, bike camp where there's an enormous field and there's a lot of room to spread out. Oh, cool. There's also uh, one of the solar powered uh, like lock boxes for your phones, that sort of thing, if you want. And uh, sounds awesome. Yeah, it's great. Uh, Stub Stewart is not specifically a bike camp, but it's a primitive camp that's really hard to get to if you come by car. So uh, it's optimal for bike camping. You have to hike what, like a half mile or so? It's something like yeah, sounds about right. Half mile to a quarter mile somewhere yeah. in there. But there's a yeah. large like ravine that you have yeah, to go through. Yeah, it's like down. So it's either carry all your stuff on a bicycle, which is nice and light and agile, <laughs> or drag a big handcart. Oh yeah, those like hand a Mormon are, running away <laughs> from the Midwest. Those handcarts are hilarious. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's good. It's, it's a, a good, good place. It's a good destination though, too. Um, you know, for I think for beginners because there's like easy grocery store nearby, and then there's the Banks Vernonia Trail is just pretty and yeah, the grocery insulated. store is virtually at the trailhead. Yeah. They, somebody was thinking about that. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. For this uh, for this ride, are you uh, are you starting from the max in Hillsboro? We are going to start rail? from the max. Okay, yeah. so you have ten miles of kind of uh, light city slash 
railroad uh, ride, and yeah. then you have another 10 miles of it, it's trail. It's really easy. Last year, when we went last March, I, I did the ride from Portland, and I was like, I don't I don't know that I need to do that. <laughs> right. I don't know. It was there were three of us that rode like champions from Portland, and then met everybody else at the max. And I was like, oh, you guys are so much fresher like than I am right it. now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like, a lot of suburb. It's just yeah, it's really not worth it. But yeah. I mean, it is for some people. But I don't. I feel Masochists. like it's <laughs> it's too much for me. And um, this is going to be my first time sort of like leading something like this. So I just wanted to. You want to be fresh. For yeah, that. I yeah. tend to bite off more than I can chew. Hey, so I wanted to go easy. That's that's not a bad thing necessarily all well, the time. Well, not a bad thing all the time. <laughs> it means but you're if you're ambitious. doing it a lot all the time, it can feel challenging. <laughs> it can wear you down, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. So So for the Joyride podcast, uh how long has it been around and well how many episodes are we at now? So Joyride started March of sixteen, so we just celebrated one year and Happy uh, birthday. Yay, we <laughs> Um, uh, we have a whopping 24 episodes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was good. It came out real, like real heavy with like one episode a week in the beginning. And then, um, I got a new job and got married and summer hit. And then I was like, I have to continue to make this show. So I kind of changed it over to just right now I'm publishing biweekly and, uh, like just, it's just about consistency. Yeah. There are tons of stories to tell. It's not that there's any lack of content or stories. It's just about like making the show happen and connecting people's schedules because it's an interview-based show. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a good Uh, time. Who are some of the people that you've talked to and who are some of the interesting – or what are some of the interesting stories you think people should tune into? Well, you know, I really should have – I should have been prepared for that. (laughs) I I really – I've been very blessed to have a lot of awesome guests. Um, Like I'll never forget listening to Ellie Blue, to you guys talking with Ellie Blue and like – what is this? What's happening here? And um, so her show was great. And I really appreciated talking with her. I think she was the one who was like, just seemed like making biking the most accessible. Um, Monica Garrison, who founded Black Girls Do Bike, is she's a fantastic um, individual. And I felt like that was a good show. That was a cool chat. Um, and recently, I, the, so I've talked to a lot of really great guests Recently, I talked to this group. I talked to four women from this cycling group in Houston called Toxic Shocks, and they were so funny, like just so much laughter and just so like vivacious. It was really like the reason why I think people want to go out on group rides. Nice. Um, That's one of the ones I haven't listened to yet, so I need to go back and dig that up. Yeah, it's just women who ride bikes. Period. (laughs) Yeah, it was so good. and these are all like, and my show is an inclusive show, so it's woman and woman identified. Um, and I and I think I don't explicitly say that all the time, um, but it is an inclusive show. And I and I'm saying that because the the group in Houston made a point of saying that they're an inclusive group. So even though they're, you know, everyone is sort of women centered, it's it's identifying too. So, um, but those are really great. I had a lot of fun with those. Um, Hung out with Aqua, with Superfan Aqua. Yeah, for... our best friend. She's so rad. So we hung out and uh, had coffee outside together a couple that, of weeks ago. That was your first oh, yeah. outdoor episode. It was, it, yes, yeah. it was. It was interesting. And I was like, oh, I'm sure this is going to sound great. I'm like, oh my God, you didn't think about how you're going to do any of this. I liked the Foley because like, you really got a sense of the place. And at one point there was like some angry fellow yelling incoherently. Yeah. And, no way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we were at Peninsula Park and I wanted to, uh, we hung out in the gazebo, but there's, um, there this, this other covered picnic area. I was like, oh, we could hang out in there because there's tables and we could like sit like normal 
people at a table. Um, these two guys were there, and somebody was telling a very heated story for ah. a long time. <laughs> and it was, <laughs> and we, were, we were both, like, kind of looking over. I think we lost track of the conversation at different points because, like, it's like what's happening over there but you didn't go excuse me sir can i get this story on record sir could you be quiet i'm trying to record a podcast can't here you tell there's a podcast here <laughs> sir i'm doing something very important yeah so yeah it was a good time that and one that one was a lot of fun though you were making coffee uh over the course of the period of the conversation right because you didn't you didn't have coffee till the end if i recall so we made coffee throughout the conversation. There you go. Nice. Yeah. So there there are stoves being started and lit yeah, and that sort like, of thing. The click of jet boils. I realized as I was doing the editing that like I'd started a question and the click had we, someone ran out of fuel <laughs> and it was just like never finished wherever we were going with that. But Ah, uh, yes. A radio. Well, you know. What are you going to do? I, it, it's kind of fun to do things on location. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. I would... I mean, I would now looking back, I would do a couple things differently, but that's okay. It's it was the first one. I, it was cool. I'm glad you did it. Thanks. Um, can we expect any sort of podcast material from the campout this June? Um, you know, I'd really like to actually. I think that'd be really cool. I don't know exactly what that's going to look like yet. Okay. Um, and make I want promises. No, I think there should be, and I think um, as a content creator, I should do something like that. But I don't know exactly what it's going to look like yet. Right. 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 Yeah. Very cool. Well, uh, number one here, I'm going to pull up our, our call to action music because uh, there's one thing I know I can say right now, and that's that people should definitely go to go listen iTunes to the or the podcast aggregator of their choice or GirlEatsBike.com to listen to the Joyride podcast. But what else should people do, Kat? What else should people yeah, do? What else should people do to advance uh, the cause of everybody getting to bike? Um, I think just like be who you are and don't worry about um, not looking like you're like you fit the part. Fuck that. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Uh, just that, do your thing. It's inspiring to look different than the norm <laughs> and prove that it, you can still do it while looking differently than the yeah. norm. Yeah. If I waited to look like the norm, I would never be on a bike. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, and, good, and who yeah. loses on that? Me and my mental health and my physical right. health. Right, right, right. Yeah. So uh, maybe get out there and do that. If if anyone listening to this show has not yet gone out and done that, yeah. they should. And actually, if you're listening to this show and you um, know a gal who uh, is not quite comfortable enough to get on a bike or is like a little more hesitant, definitely point them over to um, the short link is bit.ly, bit.ly forward slash joyride podcast. Send them over. Let's chat. Very cool. Yeah. Is that the is that the solicitation for uh, for guests? Uh, it's Joyride Guest. Okay. Yeah, so gotcha. bit.ly forward slash Joyride Guest. Okay, yeah, because uh, I actually just did that for someone I know who I think should be on <laughs> I, your show. Uh, I noticed that. I was like, who may have submitted this nomination? <laughs> yeah, so it, so if you uh, have a friend who you think would be a good fit for the show, definitely just drop me a line. and It's a Google form. It's pretty simple. Yeah. Um, if you're a gal or gal identified and you want to have a 45-minute long bike love conversation with me, then... Let me know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a good idea. Word. Uh, I should... Well, we should get in touch with the folks from We Got to Hang Out. Because uh, we, oh, yeah. we were talking to them when we were on the KBOO bike show. Um, and uh, they do a cool podcast about... They, they're a little bit more about racing. Not about doping. They're not into doping. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're all about... But they're about they're, riding fast and, and that's com- true. competing hard and all but, that. And, yeah. Yeah. They, they should of, be guests on the Joyride podcast yes. someday. There are, to, I have, there are so many amazing women doing so much cool stuff. There are. Like, really, it's it's actually, like, 
floodgates in terms of uh, the amount of stories and, and guests that I could have. It's really just timing. Have and you schedule. got Leah Benson or Natalie Ramslin yet? Uh, Leah Benson, yes. Yeah. Um, Natalie, no. But that's definitely um, she's definitely someone that I have been I've been figuring out my angle for that. So, yeah. yeah. And Stephanie Edmund, who we had in just uh, not oh, yeah. too long ago, a couple of months back now, I guess. Uh, but she's also uh, a professional bike fitter. We're going to yeah. talk to all of our former guests. <laughs> send them your send way. Them your way. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I'd, I'd love that. I mean, especially this town is is fantastic. But right. I also don't I don't want people to think like you have to be in Portland, Oregon in order to ride a bike or have but it a helps. story. But no, it but sure does help anywhere. Yeah, it's yeah. true. Well, did you start in Portland? Did I start riding, riding a bike? a bike in Portland? No, I yeah. started riding a bike in Albany, New York, yeah. and then central New Jersey. Yeah. Um, but I will say that the bike love for everybody who hates transplants and newcomers here, it was the bike love that brought me here, like, yeah. for sure. So yeah. yeah. No, that's uh, the right kind of transplant. Yeah. Thanks. I didn't bring a car, by the way. Hey, when I, thank when you. I came here. <laughs> that, that is helpful. <laughs> that, that works I was well. like, you car, you can stay there. Bike's coming with me. That's right. Yeah. Did you sell it, or do you still own it, and it just lives over in New Jersey? Uh, I gave it away. Okay. All right. Yeah. There we go. What kind was it? It was a Ford Focus. Oh, nice. Yeah. Her name was Lucy. Oh. But now I have um, a Soma Double Cross that I love a lot. Right. And it's way better for me. It kind of is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, thank you again for coming in. We really appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for having me. Do you have time me. to hang out for our mail and news? For sure. I'd love to. Excellent. Uh, Phil, do you have time to hang out for our mail and news? Yeah, totally. All right. Expect both of you to uh, to chime in. Uh, before that, though, we've got the calendar. I love, I love, I love, I love the calendar. Don't don't ever use that. All right, what's up on the calendar, Aaron Flores? <laughs> All right, first, as always, second Friday of every month, Indianapolis bike party. That's right. If you're in Indianapolis, go to the bike party. It sounds like a good time. I wish I was in Indianapolis. I wait. Did I say I wish I was in Indianapolis? In in Indianapolis. Yes. Yes. <laughs> But yes, if I you, think it's funny that we promote the Indianapolis bike party, but we haven't actually ever promoted like like uh, a regular, regular standing regular ride Portland, here, like the Thursday night ride. We've like talked the about Thursday it night ride. Well, maybe or we MMR. should do that. I uh, guess we should. Yeah, I feel like those things sort of promote themselves. But like, if you have specific events that you know about, we would like to share those with the public. So. Definitely, as such as such as April fifteenth, tax day, not tax day, <laughs> uh, not this year. <laughs> The day formerly known as Tax Day <laughs> yes. is now the Lads 500 Day. Right. Kat, have you heard about this? I Assemble have. your crew. Are you going to be there? Um, I, I was invited. I was invited to go and participate last year. I'm not sure if riding 500 times around a loop is is the thing for me. But I might go just to... Assemble your crew. Enjoy. <laughs> I think if anything proves that uh, you don't have to do something a certain way in order for it to, to yeah, work right. for you, it's riding uh, 500 laps in a circle. But that's going to be uh, an alleged century, maybe a metric century. I think the the total distance ends up being like 62 or something like that. I'm it's not a sure perceived if they're sharing century. that. It's a perceived century. It's a, it's a it's lot a, of laps. Because it feels like it's 100 <laughs> yeah, miles. Is that what it is? It's a, it's a century by consensus, by that's group right. consensus. Yeah. And I'm trying to figure out, uh, I need someone to stand there with a clicker and count laps for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So... Cat, what are you doing? On <laughs> April fifteenth. I'm just getting this this vision of like the Revenge of the Nerds when they're going around with the tricycle. No, never. Mind. Oh, I didn't see that. Nah, no. Don't don't bother. I still let's, haven't seen let's, Revenge uh, of the Nerds. Let's, let's not. Like no, bring it no? back. Bring it okay. back. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> so you need someone on on Clicker Patrol. Perfect. I do. I'm there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fabulous. April 29th. 
April 29th, the Duran. And April 30th. And April 30th, La Doyenne. Pointless climbing. Point, completely pointless climbing. I'm going to be some, out of town that weekend. Some booze to be consumed. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually going to be riding my bike around Steams that weekend. Oh. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I have no desire whatsoever to relive that. Once was enough? Once. I don't think I... Well... Well, Phil, what's the longest you've ever been I don't think I would want to bike? do it again without like the a group distance. of people to get It'll inebriated. It'll look, make me look like an amateur, but probably like 50 miles. Okay, that's not bad. No, well, the, the day round is about 50 miles, maybe like 56 miles, I think. Uh, the day round's only 40-something. Oh, is it? Okay, yeah. but it's like uh, like 5,500 feet it of climbing It feels like a century. All. Yeah, <laughs> right. A lot of up and down. Yeah, uh, it's a good... But I think the frustrating thing about these routes is that they are plotted not to be like the quickest route from one point to another, but to circle a I peak think they're, they're and go almost to the top every time yeah. and then back down and then back up and then back down. It's ridiculous. I wonder if this is all just some sort of like psychological experiment by somebody and they're like observing everyone's reactions as Ooh. they get to the peak and then find that they have to come back down again. They're selling and our then, data. Yes. That's what's, that's what's happening. Yeah. The Fitbit. All right, next up, uh, May 5th, Film by Bike. Film by Bike, best film festival ever. Woo! May 20th, Reach the Beach. Mm-hmm. June 10th, Clever Cycles turns 10. Is there a link to something about this on the there internet, or is it yet. just, <laughs> they, that's the day? Had, that's when it happens. That's all I know about it. That's, okay. that's all the information we have. They're a cool shop, and they've been around for a while. And they, yes. Yes. They will be turning 10. Yep. June 11th, Dad's, Dad's on, on vacation. vacation. Yeah, Get out you, your cabana wear. That's right. And yeah. your, your binoculars. Indeed. This is going to be good. June 14th, Bicycle Xmas. Yes. Get yourself a bicycle. Get your ex a bicycle. <laughs> Get your... <laughs> is that why they call it Xmas? <laughs> <laughs> Don't actually do that. Burn unless you're like on, a bike. Right, unless you're on good terms. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Uh, oh, and, and June question mark, question mark. This will be, it, this will be mark. the thing to finally win her over. <laughs> uh, Kat, did you say when the uh, the camp out is? Uh, it's the last weekend in June, so I think it's 24th and 25th. Okay, there we go. All right. We're going to add the uh, the date later. Oh, By the time this goes up, it'll be on our calendar. Beginner's Sweet. Bike Camp, June 24th or 25th, or both. Yeah. Yes. Uh, also June 24th, <laughs> the gathering at Gateway Green featuring Dirt Lab. Yeah, which uh, that's the, one of the first events that we know about for the new Gateway Green project. Yes. Mountain bike access in the city limits, which is cool. July 7th, the Steens Mazama 1000. 1000. Kat, have you been following any of this from last year? The uh, no. dots going about Oregon. <laughs> no, not at all. You're not a dot watcher. No. Okay, that, no. that's all right. But You're... I but I can learn more about dot watching. I'm sure somebody wants to know more about it. I it's... think it involves uh, sitting down with a beer somewhere and watching a screen where there are dots representing the location of someone who is working harder than you are. That sounds interesting. <laughs> it's like professional sports, like distilled to it. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I, and I do like to watch professional sports. I don't know if I can bring it down to the dots. It's, yeah. it's like the abstract art of professional sports. It is. You know? It's like the Warhol. You have the you have the realism, and then you have the sort of like impressionism, and then like boiled down to its absolute basic shape and data. Yeah. Is what, this dot following? What's the impressionism? Is that like wrestling? <clears throat> Uh, yes. Okay. But the Greco-Roman. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So no clothes. 
Uh, no, I mean like only using arm holds. July 15th and 16th, the Seattle to Portland yes, ride, let's, STP. Let's <laughs> yes, the Seattle to Portland. One of these days I'll do it. October 6th, the AMLX Challenge. And at some point we're going to have to get more info on this when it gets closer because this is a thing you should do, but I forget why. Yes. One of our one of it's, our friends said it to us. The, it's like the uh, East Coast version of the day round. Kind of, and I feel like it goes but to more rural areas. I was going to say, but worse. Yes. And by worse, I mean better. <laughs> so uh, that is our calendar for now. Uh, again, if you've got things that you think people should know about, is there an event that you would like to promote? Uh, as you know, we talked about the uh, Kinetic Derby uh, for like six months before it actually happened. So, uh, you know, send it in. I like that our uh, calendar segment has become a full-fledged segment. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't take it too long. Almost as good as headlines, which we go to now. What can compare with the thrill of a brand new bike? I like my bike as fast. I like my bike as fast. I like my bike as fast. It circles around the city lights. So I heard the actual version of this song, I Like My Bike by Hurtbird. Oh, yeah. The other day. And I've heard this version so many times this edited version were you expecting it to fade out as at a specific point that song's a lot longer than that you know it's uh, <laughs> yeah. this is the special edit we made for this show so uh thank you hurtbird by the way for that even though hurtbird is a band no longer exists i'm sure those guys are out there somewhere making music in some form or fashion unless they quit which would be sad nah music never dies that's right it lives inside you all right first up via tim mooney and Tim the Mooney Twitter. from the yes, pedal shift. A little heads up from to, the pedal shift. From, sorry, from pedal shift. <laughs> pedal the shift. pedal shift <laughs> project at pedalshift.net. Yes, Cat, uh, you were a guest on the pedal shift project. Tim's so good. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, yeah, he's impressive uh, with his diction. I think he has better diction than we do. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, most definitely. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's part of his part of his job though. Like, right. You know, I I could never do what he does. Talk? Not yeah. Yeah. Me not, neither. Not not with no. with no. what I've got going yeah, on. Here. No. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh <laughs> so he sends a little heads up uh passes along a, a little heads up via the Twitter uh to you, uh, anyone riding the adventure cycling routes, uh Pacific Coast route. Down the coast, down the Pacific Coast. Yes. Uh, down many Highway closures, one. many closures down State Route One. Down the one. The one. The one. Many closures and um well, this we is, were talking about this. That bridge that fell apart, yeah. Yes. And uh, I, I don't know if either of you have heard about this, Phil or Kat. There's, uh, there's a bridge down in Big Sur that requires a very substantial detour. Tim talked about it on one of his most recent shows, so I think we, maybe we'll refer people there for the yes. lots of the details. But this bridge is cracked. Uh, they're not letting people ride over it. Because we had, uh, we had speculated that perhaps you... Uh, you know, one should never violate the law or go behind a gate that is not intended to be crossed. That would be wrong. But I was wondering if it was a possibility. But it seems at least the Adventure Cycling Association is saying, hey, all you bike tourers going down nope. the West Coast, nope. this is not going to be passable to you. Nope. So, yeah. It says, says big no right. is what they say. Travel yeah. advisory and detour is what they're calling it. Right. And so what we hear is that the detour is both unpleasant and unscenic. Gross. <laughs> yeah. Do, do we know how long? I mean, is there any idea of how long that's going to take? I mean, it's a bridge out. It's going to be like a year at least, right? It's uh, ri- ridiculous. Yeah. 
in this administration. I mean, mean, yeah, right. No, no, from from what little I've gathered, like there isn't a plan in place. That's so annoying. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're going to have This is the year. You're finally doing your big Pacific Coast tour. (laughs) Have fun in Big Sur. And you got to... Yeah, you got to find a way yeah. around that. Well, the bridge is there for a very good reason. There's a large canyon, and I don't think that canyon is, uh, I was going to say surmountable, but what's the opposite of surmountable? If Insurmountable? It, well, <laughs> that too. <laughs> but if you have to go down instead of up, I think to surmount something, you go over it uh, to, uh, s- uh, to subvert or circumvent. Um, this canyon you is would, difficult to climb you into. You would have to, you would, what, is, what is, so the, the mount Part of that word is what the up and over. So I don't know, sir. Sir Valley. Sir Valley. Yeah. Sir, <laughs> yes. It can't be Sir Valley. Surveilled? Wait, that means something different. They're coming right for us. <laughs> We're a little punchy tonight, I think. Uh, anyways, uh, yeah, Tim did some great coverage on a recent episode of the Pedal Shift Project at pedalshift.net. So yes. that's, uh, it's well worth checking out. Uh, next up from City Lab via our senior headlines correspondent. Josh G. Josh G., you're good at finding senior yes. headlines. How to keep... Wait, no. You're senior at finding headlines. <laughs> yes. How to keep cyclists riding even in the frigid, snowy winter. Wait, people ride in frigid, snowy winter? Yes. No. Yes. Wait, Phil, do you ride in frigid, snowy winter? Yeah. <laughs> Just a little bit. Just a little bit. You have more of it than we do. Yeah, We've been spared. But... By the way, didn't you guys get just nailed by an enormous like hurricane full of frost or something? We did. Recently? Fortunately, I wasn't there. Okay. Oh, you were out. I was out. Okay. Where Where were you? I was in L.A. Oh, okay. That's right. That's that's yeah, a good place, place to be. don't talk about. It's a good place to be when there's a nor'easter hitting. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense to me. Good. Good, good. Uh, so when you go home, everything will be destroyed. Yeah. Okay. I said my <laughs> goodbyes before I left. As, as any wise person would. Uh, what, what's in well, this? What's so in this, this article? thing's not lo- allowing me to open said article to pull. We don't anything. know how to keep cyclists writing. Even if <laughs> we will, you'll never know. You have to go to our website and click on the link. As I recall, um, it has something to do with the uh, the northern countries in Europe. Yes. So there was a graph that somehow only is displaying half the data here. Oh. Oh no no no! It's it's just. Showing funny is the thing. Uh, various cities in the U.S. Um, their cycling or their bike commute share during warm weather, and then during the winter, and how it's declined. Oh yes, um, you yeah. Can and see Portland little... is spiking up at six point three percent. Yes, and then declines in the winter down to three point nine. You okay. can see the little dot there in the I, middle. I do see that dot. All right. Yeah. So if you notice, if you scroll down to. European cities, their seasonal cycling stays fairly even. Lund. Yes. 50%. And it stays at 50%. Copenhagen. The dot is at the top of the A little bit yeah. of drop. Uh-huh. A tiny um, drop in Copenhagen? Yes. Okay. You know, it isn't until you get to, like, Helsinki in Finland where you see the real significant drop in. Those guys <laughs> in Helsinki, <laughs> they hate riding bikes in the winter. <laughs> yeah. What's up with that? Probably because there's, like, no sunlight. Well, that's probably part of it, yeah. Yeah, seriously. I don't know if I can handle that. No, I can't. like living in Alaska where, like, just the day is, like, 23 hours long. Or, like, Portland. Am I I right? Am I right? It's ridiculous. It's a a long winter, guys. It has been a long winter. (laughs) I feel like the sun hasn't come up for years. But that's obviously not true. That, you know, empirically could not be true. That's true. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Empirically. Well... We may not have the bicycle uh, riding rates, the commuting rates 
of Lund. Now, where is Lund, anyways? No idea. I should Copenhagen. know this. No. No. Wait. Copenhagen is a city. Copenhagen is its city. own city. Lund is in one of those. It's not in Norway, right? Or is it? Is it in Sweden? It's between Sweden and Norway. If only there it's, was. It's its own principality. An enormous. There's a repository of knowledge. If only we could Google that. We this. could consult. Nah, but I sadly, have no idea where that. Yeah, is. we don't know. We don't have that information. If, but you're, if you're listening in Lund, we're sorry. Tell us where you we're are. Sorry, <laughs> we've, we've a map with your our only Lund listener. Yell loudly, and we will hear you. If you know a gal bicyclist in Lund, let, let me know. That's right. Yes, we refer them to the Joyride. Indeed. Okay, so we don't know where Lund is, but what we do know is that we have. We got mail. Hey. You've been trying really hard Jeremy to get that to in. Jeremy tried to run up yes, to that yes. multiple times. <laughs> we, <laughs> Who not wrote? yet. Not yet. <laughs> Who wrote to us? Uh, this first from Harry Hugel. Harry Hugel. says, good show, fellas. Loved the Hawaii stories. Oh, you're welcome. Oh. I was happy to share my some Hawaii more, stories. I had such a great time <laughs> while I was there. I wasn't some there. Some more will be coming. Yeah. That's yeah, coming uh, up. Don't know when I'll write it, but... The Saddle Road that's on the Big Island Ooh. has been reworked. Reworked in a good way, I'm well, assuming. Yeah, I I hope so. Yeah, let's yeah. hope so. I that... actually, I just out of curiosity, plotted a course um, between Hilo and Kona, which are like you know the two major cities on, two on the opposite ends. It's of like Lands End to John O'Groats, yeah. And discovered that there's a little like access trail that juts off of Saddle Road. It's a restricted access trail. Ooh. So, I mean, the the bike directions take me to this. Uh huh. This is so on Google I'm going Maps. to assume, yeah, I'm going to assume I'm allowed to get on this trail. Google Maps is never wrong. Takes you off of like the worst of Saddle Road. That would be nice. Yeah. It's a restricted access. It, that's what it says. So like, it might be like a hiking trail, right? That says no bikes when you get there. <laughs> Boy, that would suck. Because that yet, happened somehow to me. Google Google Maps sends you through there. That happened to me here in town, where oh, Google Maps real? said, "Oh yeah, you can totally go up like whatever trail it is on the west side of the St. John's Bridge." I was like, "Oh, I want to nope. go to the Skyline Tavern," <laughs> and that would involve like either pushing or carrying my bicycle for several oh, miles up no. this wooded forest trail. Uh, not designed for the case, so yeah. that something is wrong in their algorithm. But yeah, uh, Tom. Tom says, since fleeing the Northwest in 2003 from persecution in Oklahoma, I've waited to enter, or I've waited for my work visa to enter the People's Republic of Portland. I have to ask, can you tolerate another bearded white guy? Tolerate, yes. Are the trimmings too much strain on the wastewater system? Yes, they are. What if I promise to bike every day, vote, mm. let council members speak under an uninterrupted, okay, etc. Right. Okay, now, all right. If council members can speak, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say you're not a Portlander unless you interrupt council members. So it would seem. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Or or you try and hand the mayor a, a Pepsi. <laughs> Did you hear about that, that one? Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, someone ill-advisedly trying to copy what they saw in a Pepsi commercial that was also ill-advised. Um, if anything, it just shows the absurdity of that whole. Uh, yeah. Pepsi well, because some, someone tried it and yes. it didn't work. Because the mayor said, <laughs> "Man, that's a bad idea." <laughs> I think that those were his words exactly. Like, oh, Dude, really? Bad idea. Don't hand the mayor a can of something. I don't care what it is. So, yeah, uh, somewhat ridiculous. So, wait, was that connected to something? Uh, what were we saying? The Pepsi. Pepsi. Yes. yes. Council members letting council them speak. members. That's right. Oh yeah. No, You're Tom. not a Portlander unless you interrupt the council member. Tom, come on in. I haven't yeah. got my like final merit badge yet. 
He does have to. Uh, he does have to leave his car at the Vancouver uh, and Portland city boundary. Yes, like on the north side of the river. He can or park preferably it there. He, on the bridge, actually. Or he could abandon it out next to the lake, I suppose, <laughs> and then go back for it, where it will be undisturbed <laughs> several years later. So, cat's <laughs> shaking here. I'm <laughs> laughing because of St. John's. Thank you guys. That's all. Just lots of cars. Just, be- oh, yeah, yes. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's no, all. That's all. Believe it or not, if you've never been to Portland, Oregon, when you get here, you will see motor vehicles on the street. I guarantee <gasps> it. I guarantee it. Uh, last so, thing. So this is this last thing. Um, I can bring it up if you want, unless you've got it. I've right got there. it queued up, ready okay. to go. I thought you might be prepared. So we got a voicemail. Yeah, and we I will got say a few. Two of them are for me. We'll save those for later. That's right, because we've heard enough of you. I'm kidding. I mean, no, I, no. that's what I do here. I'm kidding. Uh, no, but uh, I was going to say that usually a voicemail, if it's just one person talking, is good for like two minutes maximum. But this is more than one person. Oh, I can't wait to hear this. So they get a little bit more time. I haven't heard this yet. Hey, what's up? The Sprocket Podcast. What's it's up? Eric the Iverson and Ross. <laughs> Ross. Ross. So we had a couple things for you guys. First is... The uh, the age old debate. Um, I found out about Title Shift through the Sprocket. Let it be clear. <laughs> okay. Let it be known. Uh, I found out about the Sprocket via someone posting about it on Facebook, um, which was about some sort of ride aggregator that I don't remember who made. But anyway, um, we I'm were really just at Guero, which is uh, a buddy's restaurant, which used to be a food cart at that 28th and Davis Northeast, not Southeast, like the beer mongers, is Northeast. Thank you. And um, I put on my helmet and put on my blinky red rear light inside the restaurant proudly because <laughs> that's what I do, whether it's a grocery store, restaurant, church, funeral. Um, I, I, put, <laughs> I put on my helmet proudly to say, hey, I'm a biker. I'm a normal person. I'm just putting on the helmet so I don't have to do it later. Um, so <laughs> Nothing I says I'm a normal person hey, than wearing a helmet in a funeral. On. How do you feel about wearing a helmet in public places or, you know, blinky lights? I'm going to hand it off to you. So, yeah, I, I, um, I'm adamantly against um, wearing lights on in any sort of establishment, um, especially public spaces such as restaurants. I'm all about the helmets on inside of businesses, but I, just, I feel it's completely um, irresponsible, uh, light wavering to other people's retinas that are just, uh, yeah, just really inconsiderate of, you know, uh, possibly uh, blinding or maybe uh, uh, seizure. Uh, it's true. It's a real, it thing. Yeah, it's a real thing. The, the, the blinking of lights, it seems like it's something that's like you don't know where you're getting into. So I think that like helmets inside are good for bumping into walls and such, but you can wait till you get outside before you actually turn your lights on. Okay. Uh, this is a clear point, counterpoint here. So, Ross, you would say you have an issue with lights on inside, correct? That That is correct, yeah. Okay. So would you... Or would you not agree that we are inside the ozone layer right now? <laughs> uh, yes, yes, we are. Yes. All right. So we shouldn't have blinking lights on if we're outside the outside building, what? but outside the building, but oh. inside the ozone layer. Yeah, yeah. So um, I can you clarify. I, I clarify that 
that we should have lights on inside the ozone layer at all times um, and outside of brick-and-mortar buildings at no time. All right. Well, maybe I can get back. What about that. stucco? Press. <laughs> all right. So that that was supremely entertaining. I think Happy more people. Happy birthday, Ross. That's right. Happy birthday. I wish I could have gone on his camp out, but so it goes. I didn't know about it. Well, you weren't invited. I, oh, right. Well, I mean, oh, shit. I'm sorry. I'm a jackass. <laughs> no, it's it's a Facebook thing. I know. <laughs> it is a Facebook thing. Um, but, uh, no, I was going to say that more people should send us voicemails because uh, that was fantastic. I'd yeah. love to hear you and a friend debating the the relative merits of something. It doesn't have to be helmets at a funeral. No, it does not. It could be anything. But we, we don't want to hear the relative merits of politics. Like, I don't care about, uh, about quail. I don't want to hear any more about quail. <laughs> I've heard enough. So, uh, well, hey, this has been a good show. Let's wrap it up, shall we? Yeah. All right. Kat, thank you for coming in and joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Again, it's a lot of fun. Uh, thank you. Uh, GirlEatsBike.com and the Joyride podcast in every podcast yeah. machine. All the socials. Yeah. Joyride. And you're on Instagram a lot. I am. Yeah. It's my favorite. Yeah. It's fun. It's where all the kids are. Follow me up. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Phil, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's yeah, a lot of fun. For sure. All right, uh, let's do this. And by do this, I mean let me find the music. All right, ready? Yes. The Sprocket Podcast is produced at Stream PDX Community Audio Studio thanks to the generous support of Open Signal. Our website is thesprocketpodcast.com. Email to the Sprocket Podcast at gmail.com. And God damn it, I mean it. Call or text to 503-847-9774. Twitter at Sprocket Podcast. Thanks to Ryan J. Lane for our theme music. Herbert for our headline sounder. Mm-hmm. Marcus Norman for graphic design. And thanks to sustaining donors Logan Smith, Shadowfoot, Katharina Mellengard. Wayne Norman, Doug Roberts, and Ethan Georgie. Justin Martin, Eric Iverson, Cameron Lane. Richard Bozinski, Tim Mooney of PedalShift.net, Orange and Purple. Glenn Kubish, Matt Kelly, Jim Gooden. Eric Weiss, Doug Cohen Miller, Todd Parker, Chris Gonzalez, Dan Gebhardt, who's, who's a time, time traveler. traveler, Zoe Campagna, Dave Knows, Chris Smith, Christy Kaster, Caleb Jenkinson, JP Cooley, Peanut Butter Jarmat, Patrick Archain, Sebastian Poole, Marco Lowe, Rich Otterstrom, Andrew in Colorado, Drew the Welder, Anna, Krista, John Wasserman, Andre Johnson, King of Division, Josh Zissen, Richard G, Guthrie Straw, thank you Guthrie for everything, Brandon Shelby, Campsite, Aaron Green, Mac Nurse, David, Kathy at Walking, uh, shit. Kathy at Cycling, Walking, Eating, Talking. Nathan Bolton, Chris Rossin, Rory in Michigan. Michael Flournoy, Jeremy Kitchen, David Belay. Tim Coleman, Mr. T, Harry Hugel. Harry Hugel, Ed Whitman, E.J. Fennerin, who I met at Stub Stewart State Woo! Park. Paul Colbertson, if that's really your name. Brad Hipwell, Thomas Skato, Christopher Barnett. Keith Hutchison, and Tom Beninati, who can move to Portland. Woo! And- <laughs> Welcome. And all of our four number donors who helped us get this far. Thank you so much. Now, go brush your teeth. And uh, if you want to, pre-order a copy of Lumberjack's album uh, on (laughs) on our Kickstarter project uh, and go to bed. And if you want to, buy me some groceries. That's right. Not to you. You don't take this as me belittling the Lumberjack uh, Oh, no, no, you got to get groceries. <laughs> like I said, you should start a GoFundMe for groceries. <laughs> GoFundMe go my groceries. <laughs> GoFundMe my groceries. <laughs>